Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, celebrating 20 years of bringing the outdoors to Colorado radio, here's Terry Wickstrom. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company's Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. We are going right to the phones. And joining us from his bass event down at Pueblo Reservoir, one of our favorite contributors, Nate Zielinski. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you doing today? You know, I'm doing great. And I'm going to ask you, before we even get into the tournament, what's going on in Pueblo, get some fishing updates from you. Um... I, when I was back in Minnesota, it really dawned on me. They had a really, really late freeze into the spring, and the ice just barely went off before they had their opener in May. And then it got 80, 90 degrees, and I, the fish were a little bit confused. And I think we, <laughs> I think we were normally fishing on Memorial Weekend. I would see a lot of bass on the beds down there, and I would see the walleyes in a transition. But we were fishing almost a mix of fishing that would be two weeks later, like almost mid-June fishing rather than early June, but with the fish seeming to be in a little bit of transition. Absolutely, Terry. Yeah, I think that I think everywhere in the country you get the, the seasonal effects, and you know, as, as much as you hate to say it, you almost hate those effects because any time that your seasons run slower, the fish have time to kind of try to transition a little easier. You don't see big jumps; you see real gradual movements from pattern to pattern. When you get those, you know, dramatic changes, they really rush through the patterns. And I think a lot of anglers miss little steps along the way. You know, when you, when you can slowly follow them through the depth, slowly follow them through the patterns, it makes it nice. When you have to jump through the patterns, uh, it can make it kind of tough. And uh, you're seeing that all across the Midwest. I think you're seeing that on the Great Lakes. You're seeing that kind of kind of everywhere in that area. What are you seeing here? Are we getting, did we have a more normal season? I know it was I think excel- we had a very normal season. So we started really early, but then we definitely kind of slowed it down. So I would say we're very, very normal right now. Again, way ahead of schedule on our spawn for our walleye way ahead of schedule for, for most of your seasonal patterns. Uh, but everything else, I would say, is falling into place. It was way ahead of schedule. Then we kind of had some kind of semi-cold front, um, you know, mid-May, and it really kind of brought everything right back into the normal cycle. So I would say right now, um, you know, we're, we're right on schedule to a very normal season, as, as we would call it right now. Your walleyes are in the summer patterns, you know, so they're in shallow water structure. Uh, you know, our largemouth are done spawning. We, we have a few smallmouth still cruising shallow, but uh, I mean, generally speaking, I would say we are we are right on schedule. We're down here at Pueblo, and it is very seasonal right now. Um, it's nice. The walleyes are literally everywhere on breaks. So if you find structure and you find a contour change of five to ten feet, you're going to find walleyes. We have them as shallow as five feet of water dropping off into ten to fifteen feet of water. Um, our premium depth for walleyes right now is probably in that that 16-foot range, so, you know, 12 to 18, but 16 uh, dropping off the deeper water. If you find those type of areas down here at Pueblo, the walleyes are just amazing. Um, you know, we're doing like 100 to 150 fish a guide trip down here, so those numbers are great. Um, and the bass fishing is really good. We're down here at the Bass Obsession event, um, and guys are catching everything. We've uh, we've seen a lot of good smallmouth. We've seen some really good largemouth. Um, we've seen some good spotted bass. So we kind of got a little mix of everything right now. Um, generally speaking, this time of year, I would say we generally see the uh, oh, 
uh, fish just coming by right now. Um, generally speaking, we see the the largemouth weighing more, so you generally see a lot of the 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 largemouth weighing in more of a weight. But there's some giant smallmouth down here, and if these guys can can find that right transition of these real big smallmouth, that can definitely be a, a major player in this event to to take the win. So it's kind of neat to see. And you know, last year at this event, we really watched a lot of anglers that had very specific targets. We had a lot of you know, all largemouth baskets, and we had a lot of all smallmouth baskets. Um, and you kind of see that, but so far today, we're seeing a little bit of both. We're seeing guys that, you know, in their live well right now, they have largemouth spots and smallmouth. So it's going to be, uh, it's kind of neat to see. We love the education that comes with tournaments when we're down here at Pueblo. Um, guys start off this morning, we saw a lot of guys fishing top water at that first light bite. Uh, you know, your surface temperature right now at Pueblo is 68, 69 degrees. Uh, so fairly warm. So that top water bite early and late in the day is good. And then we've seen everything from plastics to jerk baits, um, a lot of guys throwing chatter baits, all that kind of stuff's coming into play. A lot of people are fishing the color lines. When we say that, right where your light transitions. So right where, you know, Pueblo, generally speaking, you can see bottom, say, in six to eight feet of water, and it seems like most of those fish are right in that transition. So right where you go from that, you know, say, seven foot of water down to about ten foot of water, a lot of those bass are sitting right there in that range. Um, there's a lot of fish coming, so it's exciting to see. No, you're absolutely right. I think another thing is happening at Pueblo right now, and we see this down at that lake quite a bit, and that's that when we go through some dry years, the smallmouth seem to maintain okay, but the, the largemouth uh, tend to decline a little bit because they don't get the spawns off when the water's low. We've had three, four, five years of really high water, continuing high into this year, and we've seen some great largemouth bass spawns because of that. And typically you get into this third, fourth year of that high water, you start seeing some real nice largemouth show up. That's exactly it, Terry. I mean, we saw a couple of gentlemen earlier weigh in bass. They were, you know, these largemouth were, were almost, I'd say, four of the the four-pound mark. A lot of three-and-a-half-pound fish. Saw a couple of fish that I would guess right at that four-pound mark. Um, so there's some good ones. I mean, if guys can can pull off a handful of those four-pounders, I mean, they're really going to weigh a, a very big basket for this body of water. Um, so it's kind of exciting to see. We'll see how it turns out. I would say that the weather is ideal. You know, we're we're high of 80 today, good barometric pressure. Um, everything's lined up to be uh, to be a really dynamite day for some good fish. So we'll see see what can play. We are expecting some wind, um, and that sometimes can, can play a role or not. A lot of guys will avoid the main body of water when they get that wind, um, and they'll start shying back into the cove. We're seeing some of those bigger fish in that transition on the main body of water. So it'll be, uh, it'll be neat to see what that transition does and what, what that brings to the fish. Um, and same thing with the walleyes. The walleyes are, are everywhere. Um, and we actually had this conversation with an angler the other day about the walleye out here. Um, a guy was talking about the, the keeper-sized fish, and he really wanted to get more keepers, more of those big fish. And with that being said, people were asking what the trick is. And obviously, you get separation almost in any body of water, especially Pueblo. You know, your bigger females are going to retract. They're going to sit in deeper water, suspend, feed on a deeper water food source or, you know, more of a suspended food source. And a lot of those, whether they're males or real young females, are really going to gather on structure. They're going to hold tight, and you're going to see a, a lot of that as those fish kind of gather up together. And as they gather up, especially on the, the main structure, um, you know, so you get the Skiers Cove, you get Middle Island, you get kind of the, the normal spots where you see a lot of fish. Um, when you get into those type areas, those fish get picked through. And people don't realize it, but you literally have a situation of, you know, community hitting the same body of water, same spot. And those fish can literally get pulled out. The keeper fish get pulled out of that. So if you come down here to Pueblo or even go to Cherry Creek or a Chatfield, 
if you can learn to, to find the little nooks and crannies, find the spots that are not getting hit, you're going to find a lot more legal-sized fish. Um, this conversation came up actually yesterday. I'm down here at Pueblo. I was getting ready for this tournament, so I had a guide trip down here yesterday morning. And I had some guys that live here in Pueblo, um, and they were like, hey, all we care about is learning how to catch some bigger fish. They said, we have no problem catching numbers of fish, but we cannot get a, you know, a 19 or 20-inch walleye to save our life. So we explained this fashion. I took them to some really off-the-wall spots. Um, you know, they're like, man, we've never heard of catching fish here. And I think in the first three hours, we had 13 of those bigger fish, so 13 of those legal fish. Um, and they were just mind-blown. It wasn't literally anything different, no different technique, nothing really specific. It was more finding new spots. As a walleye angler, so many of us get in the habit of routine. We go to the spot that we know produces fish, and we beat those spots just hoping to grind through fish and literally taking what you know. Say, hey, I know the fish are in you know, this depth. I know they're sitting on this type of contour. But then finding other areas that look like that uh, you know, and just building those patterns, and it's really a key to catching a lot more of those, those bigger fish, especially those, those legal-sized fish, the guys that are looking to take a meal. Um, and there's so a lot of little things like that come into play. And the same thing in the bass world. I think so many of these bass anglers, fall into that routine of where they're at, where they know the fish have been. You know, there's a lot of bass tournaments down here at Pueblo, so guys know the results of, of last weekend's tournament, or the tournament that was held here last. Um, and they like, go to those spots and they beat it up, but really, you should just find the, find the pattern, know where the bass are sitting, and then take those to, to your off-the-wall areas, areas that have not been hit. And a lot of times, that's really good keys to catching a lot more bigger fish and or more fish at the end of the day. No, I couldn't agree more. And um, one of the things you talked about, and that's really what you see at Cherry Creek is a, the prime example that those small males, those aggressive males and a few of the smaller females, they, they catch a ton of them. They have 50, 100 fish days. And the ones that are barely over that 18-inch get called away. And the ones that get bigger, usually once they get over about 20 inches, you can get some males that bigger. They're usually the bigger females, and they they don't like to hang out with the rest of the group either. And so one thing is, like you said, find a group that hasn't been beat up. There's still going to be some keeper size, you know, 18, 19-inch fish in that group. But if you want to catch those really bigger fish, you almost never are going to get those this time of the year where you're getting bit after bit after bit until, you know, occasionally you're not going to catch 50 fish and all of a sudden get a 26-incher, rarely. And those fish are in totally different spots. And a lot of times you just have to fish early and late for those big females too. Absolutely. You know, your, your goal for those bigger females is, you know, low light conditions for sure. And then learning the fish suspended fish, it really comes into a trolling bite. You know, you can go to your Chatfield Cherry Creek and, you know, we, we get a lot of questions about that. Guys are like, man, we know you catch a lot of big fish on those night trips in spring and fall. You know, why don't you do that in summer? And really, it's a, it's a situation of personal preference. You can go to the Chatfield Cherry Creek to Pueblos, and if you went and pulled suspended, you know, crankbaits out in that deeper water, if you pulled crawler harness suspended almost in a Great Lake fashion, there is a lot of big walleyes to be caught, but you're going to fish all day for three or four bites. And generally speaking, we just don't have anglers that want to do that. You know, if we can say, hey, we can go to structure and catch 100 walleyes, or we can troll around for six or eight hours and get two or three bites, but there's a good chance they're big fish. Generally speaking, the, you know, the general public that we're working with just wants to have fun and go catch those numbers. So it's not that they're not catchable. Um, it's more the fact that you just have to, to put in a lot of work to build a pattern and build the, the success rate to catch those fish. Um, and it is a, it's a big learning curve to, to learn to target that type of fish. And 100% agree. You know, I, we, we watch these numbers a lot, Terry. We spend a lot of time on, 
on, you know, the Chatfield roadbed, the Cherry Creek, all of those little honey holes. And, you know, everybody hopes to get that, that big 30-inch fish. And they think if they grind through enough of those young fish, they'll get them. And to be honest with you, if we watch our stat, um, not to break anybody's heart, but a 30-inch fish mixed amongst those young fish, you literally get one of those giants for about every three to 4,000 of those young ones. Um, that's our, our true numbers. You know, generally speaking, if we, if we each particular guide at Tightline, if we hit walleyes really hard in the season, if you get a good, you know, 90 to 100 days on walleyes, you know, you'll get anywhere between five and 10,000 fish if you really hit them hard. Um, but really, we get one of those big fish for every five, 6,000. So you, you're better off if you're looking for that trophy, looking for that giant. Spend some time in those low-light periods. Spend some time on those suspended waters. That's really going to be the key to catching those bigger fish for sure. No, you're absolutely right. A couple things before I let you go. Um, I want to I know it's going to be really nice weather. And I want you to tell us if somebody's headed out fishing this afternoon or the next couple of days, some of the other bites that are around. And then I want you to tell them how they can find out more about your tournaments. Absolutely. You know, so you can follow us up. Just follow Facebook for the results of this tournament. Our weigh-ins at 3 p.m. We'll be doing a lot of content from this. So check this out on Tightline Outdoors on the Facebook page. And then, you know, hot bites around town. Uh, a lot of people tend to avoid the Chatfield Cherry Creeks on weekends. But I'll tell you what, if you're Denver Metro and you want to have a great time catching a lot of walleyes, you cannot beat those those front-range waters right now. If you want to get away and go up to the hills, um, you know, right now there's a fly bite at Spinney. If you're a fly fisherman, you don't want to deal with runoff. You're looking for a, a really premium fly bite. I would go to Spinney. The chronomid bite at Spinney is absolutely incredible. Uh, as far as other tackle bites, you know, Antero right now, if you're looking for just sheer numbers of hard-fighting fish, um, I don't think you can beat Antero for that trout bite. And everything that we do associates around tightlineoutdoors.com. Uh, if you're looking for a Father's Day present, a gift card to Tightline, you can, uh, you can get lessons, guided trips, tournaments, everything you want. You can purchase a gift card. We call it Tightline Cash. Uh, spend some time with your, your dad for a gift for Tightline. It's, uh, it's a great gift. All right, Nate, we got to let you go. We'll talk to you again next week. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, Nate Zielinski, Terry Wicks from Outdoors, is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company, Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. Sandy Clef here to tell you about SCL Mortgage Special Circumstance Lending, locally owned and operated. And if you're self-employed or work on commission, this is the place for you. Bank statement loans are back. You don't need tax returns to do your loan. In some cases, the bank statement loans can be done with credit scores in the low 600s. MySpecialMortgage.com on the web, 303-790-2222. The phone number, SCL Mortgage, licensed by the Colorado Department of Regulatory Agencies, number 120. 00716. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoke Fish Company's Smoke Salmon. The secret is in the fire. We're going to go right to the phones. And uh, joining us is Mark Giebel. And Mark, I'm going to try to get this right. You're the director of the Highlands Ranch Community Association Backcountry Wilderness Area. Is that right? That's correct, Terry. Thank you for having me. That's a mouthful. <laughs> But, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, and I, I'm going to be perfectly honest. Um, somebody on my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, sent me a message and said, you should have these guys on your show. This organization does so much good because they know how evangelistic I am about getting people and especially youth into the outdoors. And I didn't even know the backcountry area at Highlands Ranch existed. Why don't you give people at least the Reader's Digest overview of what it is? Sure. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, the backcountry wilderness area, it's kind of a hidden gem. Um, a lot of people are just finding out about it, even though we've been around for quite a few years. Um, 
it's it's 8,000 acres of conservation area. It's part of Highlands Ranch. Uh, you know, very few people know that a third of Highlands Ranch is actually this uh, huge conservation area. Um, so, you know, our priority is to, to manage the habitat for wildlife, but we also offer tons of programs to get kids and families outdoors in a variety of ways. Now, I know that you have certain access, like the homeowners that are in the, the area get some hunting access and things, and that's kind of limited to the homeowners. But number one, anybody who's providing habitat, it benefits everybody in, the, in, the, in Colorado because the more habitat we have as we see development and encroachment, the more thriving wildlife populations, whether you're just a bird watcher, a wildlife watcher, you like taking hikes. And speaking of that, you have a ton of public trails. Is that right? Yeah, we have uh, 25 miles of trails total. Um, half of those are open to the public. Half are like our rec centers where you have to live in Highlands Ranch to, to use them. Um, and, and then the other part of the backcountry, you know, the, the largest chunk of it is open uh, only through our programs and activities that we offer. So it's, it's truly a place where wildlife is the priority and we control the number of people accessing and the time of year accessing um, by, by limiting it to our programs and activities. Now, a lot of your programs are aimed at kids. Is that right? Yeah, a ton. Right now we have uh, Camp Backcountry just started. It's our summer camp. It's a week-long camp. Uh, that will go 12 weeks through the summer. There still are some spots open, but they're filling fast. Um, it's just getting kids outside, getting them dirty, exposing them to uh, a ton of different opportunities in the outdoors, whether it's rock climbing or paddle boarding, hiking, uh, camping, all, all kinds of things. And we're teaching a lot of science and conservation in, in between those. So each if a, if they do sign up now you don't have to be you don't have to live in Highlands Ranch take advantage of this but if they sign up for the camp it's a week long but it's day trips for a week is that right That's correct it's week long camps uh, a couple of them do offer one or two overnights uh, but for the most it's a week long day camp and and yes they're open to the public all of our programs and activities are open to the public there's just a different fee base if you don't live in Highlands Ranch all right. Now, with these kids, you mentioned paddleboarding. So is there water in your area? Nope. We take them on field trips um, uh, to Chatfield and places like that. Okay. Well, you guys kind of almost back up to some of those areas, too. So having that conservation area benefits that whole area as far as wildlife and, and riparian areas and things like that. So it's very, very interesting. Now, the kids, um, what age can, can kids attend your kids' camps? Yeah, our camps start from uh, 7 and up, 7 to 15, and uh, we have a new program that we started last year. It's a teen leadership program, um, so we can take some 15- and 16-year-olds in that as well, and, and they're kind of junior counselors for those camps. And then we also offer some preschool. Uh, they're not camps, but just classes and, and shorter programs throughout the week, um, pony rides and um, eco-explorer type things for ages 3 and up. Well, what a great way to have your kids enjoy the summer. And if you're like me, I think the, and maintaining the heritage of outdoors and maintaining resources. And, you know, I'm a firm believer, and I've written about this in my column in the Post, and I've covered it many times in my television and radio shows, and that's that there's memories can be created through bonding and outdoor activities in a way that's unparalleled almost by any other activity. Um, don't you feel that? You just get the trappings of life to go away. And you're out there, and you don't have to ask your kids to talk about life. You just do. 
Right, absolutely. I mean, we see that all the time with kids in camps and kids we take out hunting. We're getting them away from, you know, the screen. And, you know, kids these days, they just don't have the opportunities to get outdoors as much. So it's just a it's a huge step in, in getting them outdoors and teaching them to love and appreciate it. And, uh, you know, local conservation, you know, and hopefully they vote nationally for conservation in the next 20, 10, 20 years. Now, a couple quick things. We've got a couple minutes left. One is you also have campfire hikes, and is that for everybody? Tell me about those. Yeah, those are more of like a family uh, program that we do just to get, again, get people outside um, and, you know, just a, a short hike and some type of lesson, whether it's on wildlife or habitat, and end it with a campfire and s'mores, which, you know, creates those memories like you're talking about. And then the last thing, you just put in a brand new archery range. Tell me about that. Yeah, uh, we're opening a, a big new archery range. Uh, grand opening is Friday, June fifteenth, four to seven p.m. Um, it's it's a three D range and a regular archery range, and just a, a large archery range. A three D range is going to have twenty eight stations, and uh, it's, it's geared towards you know hunting scenarios. We have all the great targets: um, a few deer, a couple elk, goat, sheep, a few bears, moose, caribou. So it, it's going to be great. Uh, it's and about well, a mile loop and 28 stations. Well, one of the things about the 3D range is I, everybody has to start practicing on a set range, but the 3D ranges a lot of times get you in a position where you're not comfortable and you still have to decide whether you can make the shot. And there's no way to simulate that from just a stand-up range with targets out 50 yards or 40 yards or 30 yards. Really have to get in that 3D situation to understand how different your aim point and your arrow travel is, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've realized that as we're setting up each shot and really, you know, figuring out what, what's going to make this shot interesting and difficult and challenging. And, you know, I think it's going to make... Uh, a bow hunter more ethical because they're going to realize how hard that 60 yard shot might be um, and be less likely to, to take a, a challenging shot uh, when the real situation arises. So I, it's, there's so many good things about shooting 3d. And they, the shots are challenging for me, even when they're close, but that's, that's <laughs> another story. Tell us about, you have another, you have a, the standing part of the range too. Tell us about that. Yeah. So that, uh, it's, it's just big. Um, the firing line's 500 feet long. So we'll have a, an end of it that we'll have for lessons. Coaches um, can reserve lanes from us and provide lessons. And then uh, we'll have targets from 10 yards out to 100 yards. All right. So people want more information on all this, Mark. How do they find it? Yeah, the best way is to go to our website. It's hrcaonline.org slash backcountry. Okay. And so HR, go through that again. Is there an easy way to Google it? Uh, yeah, you could Google HRCA backcountry. That'll bring up our Facebook page and, and our website. HRCA, and, uh, and that's for Highlands Ranch, right? Highlands Ranch Community Association. Right? All right, very good. Mark, thank you so much, and good luck, and continue. Keep us posted if you add more amenities. Great, will do. Thanks for having me, Terry. You bet. That's Mark from the uh, Backcountry from Highlands Ranch. What a great organization. Terry Wicks from Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company, Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. We're going to go right to the phones. And I am so glad that Corey is joining us from Colorado Clays so I don't have to listen to JR brag about all those fish that he sends pictures of that he probably caught five years ago. Good morning, Corey. 
Good morning, Terry. You know, if people want a chance to see if he can really fish or get at him, well, I don't know if he fishes in the contest because he runs it, but he will be out at Bar Lake tomorrow, right? He will absolutely be out at Bar Lake. He's been spending all morning getting ready for it, if you want to know the truth. <laughs> now, that's your, your, your Cast and Clays contest, and our, our own great Nate Zielinski is one of the competitors in that. Um, tell people, is there any, I heard that maybe there was a cancellation or two, so is there still a chance to get a team in? Yeah, I think we could uh, squeeze a few more teams in. Um, like you mentioned, tomorrow we're having our Cast and Clays tournament in partnership with Bar Lake State Park. So these teams, which we have almost 30 of, which is outstanding, um, will spend the morning um, fishing out at Bar Lake State Park. They'll head back to Colorado Clays where we'll have a, a steak lunch ready for them, and then they shoot around a sporting clays in the afternoon. And JR's got $1,400 of uh, cash awards ready to go, just eating it, chomping at the bit to hand them out tomorrow. Now, it costs, I think, $100 per team. Is that right? Yeah, $100 per team. And you stop and think about that. You fish all morning. You get a steak dinner or lunch, and then you get around a sporting clays. I mean, that's worth the entry fee alone. But just to give Jr. a hard time is worth. I'd pay two hundred. <laughs> oh, I would too. I'll probably pay. If I'm not even participating. Well, and you know, the other thing too is that Nate Zelinsky. People get afraid because Nate comes on and talks fishing here all the time. I got news for you. Nate's one of the best hunters I know. But you don't have to fear him on a sporting clays range. So so you can just stay in the game fishing, and you can kick his butt shooting the shotgun. Yeah, it's been interesting this week to figure out what everybody's strategy is. I've had a few people out here today practicing their shooting. I know there's a few people over at Bar Lake practicing their fishing. And, you know, I think the last couple of years the fishing has actually sort of won the tournament. So maybe people should be practicing their sporting clays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you, you know, um, in all honesty, it's such a fun event. Yeah, and it's, it's a lot good. like a lot of things you do at Colorado Clays, but it's $100 because there's costs involved, but you get a lunch. I mean, it's not a money-making tournament. It's a fun event to get people out and, and still be, you know, competitive with a chance to win some money, win some prizes, and kind of, you know, a little bit of bragging rights. And it's just a fun thing. And it's, uh, if they if they want to see if there's still a spot left, best way just to call you guys? Yeah, at this point, probably just calling us would be best. Um yeah, we can we can register somebody today. That won't be a problem. Just call us at the office. We're here all day today. All right. And then the best way to find out your directions and stuff, just go to coloradoclays.com, and you'll see a, a a video of the place. You'll see, and well, you'll see everything. You have everything. If people haven't been out there, um, not only the sporting clays, but you have a rifle and pistol range. You have the trap and the skeet and the wobble trap. So you can really accommodate anybody that's a shooting enthusiast. Oh, yeah. We've got a little bit of everything. I was interested in your previous segment about the archery. I'm going to be looking into that because we get a lot of people asking us if we have archery, which we don't. Um, but I was interested to find out more about that HRCA. So that's, that was a good lead, too. Yeah, and there's just, you know, let's face it. We, we do the things we do. People think it's glamorous, but it's a lot of work, especially for you guys. I pretend it's a lot of work, but... <laughs> But you know, but we have a passion for the outdoors and what we do and the things we enjoy. And we love interacting with people that have a passion for it. And along that line, you have a lot of fundraising events. I think you've got some coming up, don't you? Yeah, it is the season for our fundraisers, fundraisers, corporate events, also bachelor parties, a lot of bachelor parties this time of year. But we have a fun one. Next weekend is going to be really exciting at the range on Sunday. We have a fundraiser that benefits the Commerce City Rotary Club, and all the money that they raise from that goes to their scholars, youth scholarship fund. And then on Saturday, I'm really excited about a new 
um, partnership that we have with the high school clay target league. And there's an effort nationwide to have clay shooting or sporting uh, shotgun sports as a, a sport in high schools. And as I've done my research, Colorado is a little bit behind in this, but we are hosting the state um, shoot for the Clay Target League. So there will be about 60 kids out here shooting trap um, as a part of the state shoot for Colorado. And then the national championship is held in Michigan in July. But that's kind of a neat partnership that we've um, got going, too, about, you know, kids shooting trap. So You know, and I, I, a couple of things you mentioned that's really hit on. First of all, um, just getting kids out and involved and into the sports, the shooting, the hunting, the fishing sports. It's so tremendous. And people who don't understand, you can progress as you get to be an adult and take sporting clays and skeet and trap to some pretty competitive levels on a national basis. There's a lot of people that travel and compete nationally or even just here locally at a fairly high level, isn't there? Yeah, there sure is. And what's neat this time of year is we've I know a few families who have practiced or participated regularly in events at Colorado Clays, and they're going on to get um, shotgun shooting sports scholarships in college. So there really is a lot of opportunities which people don't realize as, a, as you know, youth, young adults, and, you know, grown adults in the shotgun shooting sports. So we're happy, you know, with all of our partnerships and, you know, people that shoot out here regularly and to watch and see what they go on to do. So. Well, you know, and the other thing, too, is you mentioned, I want to, I'll let you finish up about the fact that you do so many events out at Colorado Clays, but a lot of the events, some of them are closed, some of them are bachelor parties, some are just for a corporation, some of them are just for people's members of the organizations. But a lot of the events you have out there, they want outside participants because it's their fundraisers. They want to get people in to bring the money in, obviously. But here's an opportunity, even if you don't normally compete, to come out and shoot clays or skeet or trap or whatever they're doing and do a little competition and have some fun. Yeah, and I, it's amazing to me how many prizes, cash awards, um, guns. We had an event yesterday. They gave away five different um, guns, whether it be a handgun or a rifle or a shotgun. But yeah, this one, the one for the Rotary, they always go over and above on their um, prizes that they give away. And there's a li- if you go to our website on coloradoclays.com for the events that we host that are open to the public that you know um, benefit local charities or local organizations, they're always listed on there. And then you know information of how much they cost and where to register and all that good stuff. Now, and if I want to have a private event, say for a family reunion or a corporate party, how far do I normally have to book that in advance, Corey? Well, the sooner the better because, of course, there's only a limited number of Saturdays in the summer, which is probably the most popular date to do those. Um, but, you know, for a smaller event, we can fit you in somewhere, you know, no matter what you want to shoot. So just, you know, give us a call or send us an email, and we'll be happy to, you know, help you plan an event. Corey, how do they get a hold of you, and how do they find you guys? ColoradoClays.com is our website. We also have a Facebook page, just Colorado Clays, um, or certainly they can just always give us a call. We're open six days a week. We're only closed on Tuesdays. Thank you, ma'am, and give it to JR tomorrow. <laughs> Will do. Thanks, Terry. All right. That's okay. Corey. Corey Kraft from Auto Colorado Clays. Just, you know, they're just great people. And I love JR. He's a good guy. I tease him only because I like him. They're such good people out there. They're fun to do things with. They really care if you have a good experience. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. 
One of my favorite all-time Eagles songs, Take It to the Limit. Oh, I love these guys. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. And as promised earlier, we're going down to Ark Anglers to join Greg Felt and talk about the fishing conditions down on the Arkansas River. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, Terry. How are you doing? I'm doing good. And you know, Greg, normally if I was talking to you June 2nd, I'd be having you on and I'd be saying something like, well, Greg, when do you think the flows will subside and the rivers will clear up enough so we can fish them? But that's hardly the case this year, is it? That's correct. You know, we uh, it kind of looks like maybe the Arkansas River peaked uh, around the middle of May, which is really when runoff typically gets started. And uh, we've had the flows come back down. We're, we're at about 1,150 CFS in Wellsville below Salida, which is um, really more like a flow you'd see at the end of June. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, you'd probably good. see flows close to 2,000 this time of the year normally. Oh, gosh. Uh, last few years, we've been up four or 5,000 um, in early June. So this is, this is really something. I think we've got, we've got the snow to kind of sustain a good base flow through the summer. But we we are past our peak. Um, rivers nearly clear. It's plenty clear for fishing, and we're running float trips and wade trips uh, up and down the river corridor this weekend. When normally we'd probably be maybe fishing on a pond somewhere. Well, yeah, and that that is one thing. You know, for uh, before we get back to the river, for people who are in areas that might be blown out, although I don't know if many are in the state. You know, so many river anglers, Greg. I'm gonna dive go for a minute, and then we'll come back hesitate to fish still water because it's foreign to them. They don't have the current to uh, position the fish or make their presentation, but I think it's something every fly fisherman needs to add to his repertoire. I, I agree. Uh, we've got some just incredible still water fisheries in this state and certainly within the Arkansas River Basin too, a lot of mid-elevation and high-elevation lakes that uh, really just take you to a whole different environment, too, um, both from a fishing perspective and just in terms of the outdoors and being up there. I, I couldn't agree more. I love I love uh, stillwater fishing. So let's talk a little bit about the Arkansas. You said the flows are down, very fishable. You're doing both wade and walk wade. Um, uh, fishing pretty successful. What kind of hatches, what kind of presentations are you seeing? You bet. We're already seeing our golden stoneflies and yellow sally stoneflies hatching. We've got such a variety of caddis on this river that there's quite a bit of bugs out, pretty strong uh, evening caddis hatch going on. And then, uh, you know, the brown trout fry that emerged from the from the nests back in April and May uh, have had a pretty easy year of it with this uh, minimal runoff. And so a lot of um, sort of streamer-type fishing going on right now as well, an imitation of those little guys. So... Flows are still such that uh, river's moving along, and a lot of the brown trout are out along the edges getting out of that current and uh, throwing streamers or big dries, you know, stimulator-type stuff is uh, really effective at this time of year. You know, you mentioned the stoneflies. A lot of times we miss that stonefly hatch in Colorado. Not that it doesn't happen, but the rivers are so violently flowing, it's very difficult to fish. So this is an opportunity to maybe fish a little different bug hatch than we can always get to. That's right. We're, um, you know, we're doing a lot of double drives, especially from the boats right now. We can shoot them in along the bank. So we're throwing like a big uh, parachute Madam X or stimulator, or chubby Chernobyl, that kind of thing, big attractor, and then putting a little caddis dry behind that. And um, boy, just those fish are looking up. And uh, because they've just come through, you know, a difficult period, 
they're they're extra hungry. They're kind of, I think, emphasizing calories over caution right now. And you often find some of the biggest fish are in the most obvious spots because they really are focused on feeding. Well, you know, another thing, too, and, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, because you're certainly a much more knowledgeable, knowledgeable fly, angler, fly angler than I am. But um, first of all, I like... I like when I can throw a stone fly because as I get older, the bigger the fly is, the better chance I have of seeing my presentation. But the other thing, too, is that typically the stone flies, once they, they don't emerge, they crawl along, come out of the water by the shore. So if you can be throwing a big stone fly towards the vegetation, towards the shore, that's where those fish are really looking for them. Yep. And, you know, another thing we'll do a lot, especially early and late in the day, Throw a big, dry, you know, stonefly adult imitation and then drop a stonefly nymph behind that because, as you said, these nymphs crawl to the shoreline and then crawl out. They don't swim to the surface. And it's quite quite a dynamic when you have all these brown trout packed along the edges to get out of the current. And then you've got stonefly nymphs kind of running that gauntlet, gauntlet trying to get into the shore. And how is the size of the brown trout held up in the Arkansas? You know, years and years ago, they were plentiful, but they were smaller. We had some dry years, and they seemed to make the river a little more fertile, and we saw the size increase, and it was really quite remarkable. What are you seeing there now? Yeah, so what? there's two, two dynamics at work there. One is we improved our water quality really dramatically in the mid-'90s. And as that took hold, you got more and more diversity in our aquatic entomology and the bugs that live in the river. At the same time, the fish became healthier because they weren't bioconcentrating these heavy metals that, that we had coming down from the Leadville area. So our fish, instead of living to be three years old, lived to be seven, eight, nine years old, and they've got a much better, more diverse food supply. So where a typical brown trout in the early 90s was about eight inches long, now we're getting a lot more fish that are 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, and see some 18 inches. And then our rainbow trout, um, that's, those are the biggest fish, even though they're the minority of the population. We do see rainbows up into that 20, 21-inch range. And the last thing I kind of want to touch on before, we'll, we'll make sure you get to give all your information so people can get a hold of you. But the last thing I want to talk, I want to talk about, you mentioned streamers earlier. I'm a big, probably because I started as a conventional angler and took up fly fishing later in life, um, but I'm a big uh, proponent of streamer fishing. I think a lot of times when people are going real tiny, I tend to go the other way sometimes and do a lot of streamer, especially if there's brown trout. And boy, yeah. it, it it's kind of like, it's almost like still water fishing versus you're drifting again, where you have to have a different mindset because you're going to have to give it some action and you, and you're going to, but it's, and people shy away from it sometimes because they don't understand it, but boy, it's an effective way to fish. It, it really is. Um, a lot of a lot of folks who fly fish, whether they're nymph fishing or dry fly, you know, they're they're focused on getting a really natural drift. Where with streamer fishing, you are giving that thing some action, and it's kind of a tight line type of situation. But um, boy, it can really stir them up, and you get some some pretty explosive, aggressive action on the fish. And a time like of year like this, um, it, it's just a really effective way to go brown trout you know they need they need meat and potatoes they they're not going to grow large eating midge larva they got to they got to get some substance and so when you've got a nice you know size 10 woolly bugger go streaking past you there it's just like running away from a dog they're they're on it and it's pretty exciting now you mentioned the woolly bugger are there a few streamers that seem to be effective on the arkansas 
Well, yeah, you know, I I think there's a lot of stuff that'll work, um, honestly, but the, the kind of woolly bugger family of, of streamer patterns uh, works well with a bead or a cone head on it. I, I like the dark ones, so uh, the blacks, the purples with some crystal flash, um, I think are, are real effective. I, zonkers are another kind of traditional streamer pattern that, that seem to work really well on this river, too. Now, why don't you tell people about Arc Angler's operations, how they get a hold of you, and what you offer? Sure. So Arc Anglers is uh, really the primary guide service and retail fly fishing outfit on the Arkansas River. We've got fly shops in Salida and Buena Vista, and we have a guide service that operates from Leadville to Pueblo, also in the San Isabel National Forest and over in uh, South Park on Spinney and Antero and the South Platte. Uh, the way to reach us, you can call us 719-539-4223. Our website is updated just about daily, especially when you have dynamic conditions like we do now. And that's um, at arcanglers.com, A-R-K-anglers.com. You can email us from the website if you have questions, call us, or stop in the shops. Our motto has always been that timely, accurate information is our number one product. If we do that right, everything else kind of falls into place. So we really encourage people, if they have questions, to avail themselves of our expertise. We really want you to have a, a successful day on the Arkansas River. Well, I know you've always been a great resource for this show, Greg. We're going to have to get you on more often. Thanks for joining us today. You bet, Terry. Have a great weekend. You bet. That's Greg Feld from Arc Anglers. Tremendous people. They've always been a tremendous resource. And I am striving to get fly fishing on the show more. Sometimes we get a little lax because so many of our regular contributors tend to conventional fish. But we try to get some of the best fly fishing information we can. And we'll we'll try to keep that updated, especially since it's the fishing right now. It seems to be fantastic all over the state. Don't forget, tomorrow and tomorrow, next week, we will be on remote at the Cherry Creek Ace Hardware, the Ace Hardware in Cherry Creek for their grilling event. Follow us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. You'll know where we are, what's coming up on the show. You'll see Tackle Talks. You'll see my Denver Post article. You'll see any new YouTube art, uh, shows we put up. So Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on uh, the Facebook is the best way to know what's going on in the show. And join us through Broncos Training Camp every Saturday from 10 to 12 and then back to 9 to 11 on 104.3 The Fan. We'll let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour and then more sports. Highway.